0: Is there like the music that plays here? What's that? Do we have to? <laughs> Do you not listen to the show? <laughs> no. Oh, well, I'm here. I don't need to listen to it. It's fun to listen to. It's Paul. a great show to listen to. It's a great show to listen I to. Can't I just stand. don't, and I, I think it's too long, and it's really hard to listen to. I don't know why I on it. My my voice is a distraction. <laughs>
1: uh. All right. All right. I think we gave ourselves a long enough pause. (laughs) What is up, my nerds? Welcome to Pop Culture with Fanboy Know-It-All. I am Jake Roberson. I'm Paul Acey. We are your hosts... I am the incorrigible (laughs) know-it-all. Paul is the fabulously knowledgeable fanboy. (laughs) That's
0: that's exactly right. We're both sort of know-nothings sometimes.
1: Paul, have you ever been accused of being fabulous before?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) I
1: can honestly say
0: I've never been accused of that. I'm glad to be the
1: first. (laughs) Um, Talking today, though... All things alien. All things alien. Alien Covenant has been out for uh, about two weeks now. Mm-hmm. And so we are just going to dive into like full on spoilers in this bad boy.
0: Yes, yes. So if you haven't seen it, go see it like right now. Yeah, Turn we'll put some podcast. timestamps
1: below so you can jump to the non spoiler yeah. section.
0: Actually, don't see it right now if you don't <laughs> want to see the bad things in it. Because it's a little <laughs> earlier for a content copy. Content but... <laughs> copy. <report, they> <laughs> yeah. Be sure to
1: read his review yeah. at PluggedIn.com. <laughs> it's a little bloody. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> a little bloody <laughs> is an understatement. Um, but that's going to be later. Before we get to our deep dive into or out of Alien Covenant. <laughs> our chest pur- bursting our through. Our chest burst through the chest of this film. That's right. We're going to rank the top five scariest movie Aliens. And later on, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman in our most least important thing segment. A very interesting development. You know, Wonder I've noticed Woman.
0: something, Jake. Huh. Every time we get to the most least important thing, you're always promoing what you have to say.
1: Because, Paul, you always keep it secret and you don't put it on the show notes. Yeah.
0: So I like to you keep pre- it a secret.
1: Okay. No. So you're not going to preview it. For no, us. I'm not going to preview Fine. it. It's going Whatever. to be a
0: secret. So you can talk about Wonder Woman all you
1: want. <laughs> and without further ado, it's time for Rank Geeks. Rank Geeks is our time to nerd out over all things geeky and rank them because that's what nerds do. Yeah, that's,
0: that's really true. We're <laughs> <laughs> ranking terrible aliens. Yeah, that's the geekiest thing you can really do. Sure, isn't
1: it? sure is. And it's the top five scariest movie aliens because uh, xenomorphs are freaky. Yes. And they may or may not show up on our list. So, with that, Paul. Number five on your list of top five scariest movie aliens. Okay, I'm going to go
0: old school. How old school? Going 1982, I believe. <laughs> Super old. Super old school. Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, those things that crawled into your ears. Did you see the movie? I have
1: seen Wrath of Khan. Yeah, the, cause the things... Because I, I grew up with a Trekkie for a father.
0: Yeah, the the, the big old worm caterpillar things that crawl into your ears. Yeah. Those things... Absolutely freak me out. I hated them. Do you like, have a phobia of anything crawling yeah, in your ear? I really do. Do you I wear really anything
1: do. on your head to prevent spiders from crawling in your? That's ear a good idea. I should do that. like a stocking. <laughs> like, can you wear like one of those like stockings over yeah, your head like, at night? Yeah, just to keep yeah just to keep stuff from getting in your ears. I'll, I'm gonna think if about you, that. I'll have if, to
0: talk with my wife to see if that would bother her or not. Because I would really hate for anything to crawl in my ear. Yeah, you know, I think there's actually some especially sort of her. she's she's way too big to crawl (laughs) in my hair, but anyway i mean not that my wife is big but it's just
1: (laughs) yeah i was i was was just gonna let that one soak
0: (laughs) all right yeah so so when i was a little kid like i we had these poppy plants i don't know what my parents were doing with poppy plants but they had them all over the front yard and i they had like when they went to seed they would have like these little shaker things where the seeds would come out okay and i always thought it was so cool to shake them out in your hand and, but there were some times when I'd shake them out and a whole bunch of earwigs would pour out into my hand. And I think that, because those things looked like gigantic earworms, were mm. earwigs? Ear yeah, it totally freaked me out. That
1: So, so this is a long-standing phobia.
0: That yeah, it's, a, it's one of my several phobias that I'm sure we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, this one is a shout. So my number five is a shout out to my wife. Because uh this this these Scary rank aliens. at the top of her list. Okay, okay. And and actually when you think about it, and this is why I actually ended up concluding it including it on my list, is because it is kind of freaky when you think about it. So number five on my list are Transformers. Transformers specifically <laughs> specifically in no, the can, first right? Transformers movie, yeah, because yeah. they're they're aliens. They yeah. come from another planet. Yeah. Um, They've
0: got their own planet, Gasolonium or whatever. <laughs>
1: Oniptonium. I don't know. Uh, Gasolonium oniptonium. Same thing. I don't know. Uh, But in that first movie, when they like disguise themselves as toasters and remote controls and vehicles like that's kind of terrifying to think that alien robots could look like everyday objects around you. Paul, the microphone in front of you looks a lot like an alien that could blast a laser out of that red light and just wipe your face clean off.
0: I don't think that's likely to happen. Now, if you said it was it's going to crawl in my, my ear, it's but it's yeah, now it, that it's would it,
1: me out. some it could man, it's thin enough. The wires, <laughs> the wire running from that thing could like slither in your ear and it'd be done. It'd be over with.
0: I think your wife has some strange hobbies. <laughs> but
1: it, so anyways, that's why okay. transformers is on the list because they could be anywhere.
0: <laughs> yes, they could be if they yeah. All right. Um <laughs> number 4. Number 4. The thing Ooh. from the thing.
1: I've never seen this except for pictures. The pictures are terrifying. It is it is a movie
0: that you really should see, Jake. Oh I should see it. <laughs> yeah. Even though <laughs> it's a really disgusting heart-rated movie again. <laughs> but yeah, man, it is it is super creepy. Is it a carpenter? It John is a carpenter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a. Uh, and it had it was done before all the CGI stuff. It had like real special effects and it is it is one of the creepiest alien movies i've seen i i don't get creeped out too much by alien movies but this one actually it alarmed me a little bit i was a little nervous what about, about it? it like alarmed well, you specifically from what i recall there's it's it's essentially like this this alien thing that's been frozen in in the ground for all these millions of years. And then it it sort of gets thawed. And then it sneaks into people. And then it turns them into very terrible things. It does mm. terrible things to a dog. It turns a guy into a big walking spider head. It's just... That's the one I've seen. Yeah. That guy is gross. He is totally gross. And so... But the the movie ends... Spoiler alert. <laughs> where it could be creeping anywhere it could be like your wife's transformers it could right? be exactly i could turn into to the thing at any moment now oh good good i hope this podcast ends that way oh some then we go then.
1: viral posthumously all right so for me number four uh <laughs> is actually jabba the hut <laughs> because what the heck <laughs> this big slow creepy slug who's like yeah. a powerful mob boss how does that happen yeah no like he, you look at him and on the face value he's not that scary yeah. he's big he's fat he's gelatinous he's a slug but, but then mouth. you start to think about it that mouth yeah. that tongue and then you're like He's super rich. He's got all these people working for him. Like this dude must be super freaky in ways that I cannot even imagine. There's this unknown quantity to Jabba the Hutt that's actually really creepy when and you start to think about of it. And
0: there's a lot of quantity to Jabba And, the <laughs> and
1: there's a lot of quantity. Yeah. Because you're like, what? what is it about this guy that makes him so imposing? Han Solo gets nervous around him. And Han Solo's this guy with swagger. He doesn't get nervous around anybody. But he's scared of Jabba.
0: Why, people? Somebody tell me why. I don't know. I think you're sort of missing the idea of, you know, <laughs> the whole, I mean, Jabba the Hutt is very intimidating and he is sort of disturbing. I wouldn't call him, I don't have Scare nightmares. Me. Do you have nightmares over Jabba the Hutt? I could. <laughs> I'm I'm just only, telling you how I'm approaching this thing. Only terrified sort me. of made you one of his slave girls.
1: You're going you're going off stuff that visually terrified you. I'm going off of things that sincerely scare the daylights out of me. Am okay. I wrong people? Am I wrong? Yes. I submit that I am not. Yes,
0: you are wrong. You're right. wrong. Mine. Number, number three. 3. The pod people from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ah, this is a movie I've not seen. You know what? I'm sensing a theme, actually. All these things... I saw Star Trek 2. Yeah.
1: Oh, but you're sensing a theme for yourself.
0: No, I'm totally sensing a theme because all these things that I've listed so far are things that take over, like humans and look like humans at least for a while until they reveal themselves so (laughs) so yeah i maybe i have some maybe i have a fear of you jake maybe i'm
1: worried (laughs) (laughs) paul's really worried about like getting close to people and then them turning into
0: horrifying aliens yeah so if you watch invasion of the body snatchers it's an all-time classic watch the original 1956 version okay um because it's just better so, so
1: that's why the pod people are terrifying because, they, again, it could be yeah, anybody exactly. Around these
0: you. these pod people essentially the the pods they slap down somewhere in suburban night America and then they sort of wait for you to go to sleep and when you go to sleep they be they pop out of their shell all of a sudden you're dead and they're <laughs> you. So, oh, good. Yeah.
1: It's, so I really could be. A yeah. pod person. And
0: you never, ever want to go to sleep. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Number
1: three for me, now I'm getting into a little bit more classic territory, is Predator from the <laughs> Predator
0: franchise. Predator.
1: And this one it, – but it, it does continue my theme in that I'm not particularly terrified of how he looks yeah. or how a Predator looks. Like I actually think they kind of look cool. However, they can be invisible. They're like super smart. They have crazy advanced weaponry. And they're invisible. Let's just get back to that point. <laughs> An invisible alien is the worst kind of alien. Hey, now, did Predator Almost. Beat... The third worst kind of alien. Did Predator beat Alien? You know, I did see Alien versus Predator, but I really you don't, don't remember. remember how it ended. That's, I'm that, pretty sure that Predator does... Week. Yeah. ...does like win and beat the alien in that movie yeah see
0: i here's the truth predator doesn't do much for me he would not have been even on my top 10 he is cool looking but i don't get too scared of him right my wife though that was one of the first movies we watched when we dated she almost broke my hand it It freaked her out something serious so i'll give you a little bit of credit for this
1: right again he, when you just start to think about the skill set that he brings yeah. to the table. Nuclear weapon on his wrist? Not, terrifying. Yeah. It's not a scary movie. I didn't find, personally. Obviously for your wife it was. <laughs> it was really yeah. scary for but her. But when I watched that movie, I thought of it as an action film, more yeah. so than anything. Yeah. Like personally. But when I start to think about this dude, super scary. He could be in this room right now! With a spear right through my head. Ready to crawl in your ear. (laughs) Well, I don't think he
0: does that. All right. All right, number two for you, Paul. Number two, the Xenomorph. The Xenomorph. From Aliens. Yep. Yeah, the Xenomorph does not turn into anybody human-like, but actually it sort of does. I was going to say, one one of the critiques, I think, about the
1: Xenomorph is kind of his human like qualities.
0: Yeah, no, because they'd sort of transform into vaguely human. But he's not trying to pretend to be human. He's right. just he's just a terrible, terrifying he just thing.
1: He wants to kill and reproduce. I mean he is primal at
0: yeah its worst. Yeah. Have you seen the original Alien?
1: I did. I did actually um to like to, to put for ready this? for this podcast, I had only seen Prometheus yeah. in this series. Like, and I had seen the burster scene from the first Alien well, of course. a bunch of times, yeah. but never actually the whole movie. So this last weekend, I watched Alien and Aliens back-to-back. Ooh. 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. What Ooh up, people? My that's goodness. my level
0: of commitment wow. to you. So, yes, I have seen Alien. <laughs> wow. Jake, I am, I am officially impressed. That's, Thank you. That's pretty good. Thank 3 you. a.m.
1: Yep, I was quite tired.
0: <laughs> yeah, did you? Were you able to go to sleep? Were you worried about aliens? I wasn't.
1: No, I wasn't. A, I wasn't very Falling scared by them. No. Mm, uh, so, okay. um, all right. Yeah, xenomorph. Actually, so that xenomorphs was my number two. Oh, so this this is perfect because they are, in spite of the fact that they are not, they are just look creepy. Yeah, they do look creepy with the yeah. mouth inside the mouth that. Uh, just rips like just punctures people and the way they emerge it's like hey there's lots of other ways to leave a human body there's a couple of holes you could use no you're just going to rip straight (laughs) through the chest what in the world and then to you know the way they cocoon like they leave you alive for a little
0: while so then your face can be sucked yeah now actually i i gotta i gotta say that in terms of like the alien creatures yeah I actually think the face hugger is even creepier than the It alien. really, it really is. Oh man, that thing is just to see that, especially because it's
1: like so calm. Right, that's the right. creepiest. Like it moves so fast, but once it gets on
0: you, oh my goodness! And its
1: tail is just occasionally tightening pressure and easing wow. the egg down your throat, and then it's like breathing. So you see, yeah, it's yeah, long, yeah, 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 it's just
0: moving real oh.
1: slow.
0: Oh, stop it! James. Oh my goodness. It's- <laughs> It is haunting. That's no, it, ha- like, I still really think is.
1: about the way it
0: breathes. Well, and the thing is, it looks so alien. And, yeah. and you know, the other one is just, it's, it's a movie monster and it's yeah. a really good movie monster, but it, it doesn't have that primal claustrophobic handy thing yeah. that the, yeah, oh
1: my oh, God. Oh, it's, it's effective, Ridley
0: gross, but
1: terrifying yeah. at the
0: same time. <sighs> okay. Okay. My number one, I'm going to go a little bit odd here all right because this like, is movie, i went odd on my number one too so yeah, i like th- this this is not a classic movie but the creatures really did freak me out here and i don't know if you've even seen this movie it's called pitch black i have seen pitch black those mm-hmm. yeah. monsters were pretty what were they cool called? they were called bio uh, raptors yeah yeah, yeah and, and essentially what they they are they're they're creatures that cannot stand the light right but once it turns dark they're just like Velociraptors on steroids, cocaine, the whole works. I mean, they're just terrifying and they, and they're, they're like little piranhas, essentially. (laughs) I mean, you see these skeletonized beasts on this planet that they've eaten away everything and you know that they're serious. They're seriously bad things.
1: And that was our first introduction to Riddick.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's where
1: where the rest of those movies came from and weren't as good was Pitch Black, Pitch Black which was a better standalone movie. I know it's not a classic,
0: no, but, but it's it is not a, a bad
1: sci-fi standalone.
0: No, it's it's a really effective movie. It's really creepy. It's really exciting. It has Prime Vin Diesel, and and yeah, I really I really kind of enjoyed it. Content yeah. caveat: it's kind of bloody.
1: <laughs> Content caveat part two. All right. Um, alright, so number one for me. Which you didn't even put on your list, actually. I did put on my list. Uh, Oh, I'm putting yours on my list. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, but number one for me is on my list. And it's from a movie that I think, I think is kind of underlooked because it's not a fantastic or overlooked. Either way, it's kind of overlooked because it's not like overall a really, really good movie. But the ending for me totally sold me on this movie. And, on this terrifying, scary movie alien. And it's the character of Edwin, played by Topher Grace. In the movie <laughs> Predators. Did you see Predators? <laughs> no. Oh my goodness! It's again, like you watch the first part of this movie and you're like, ah, this is kind of paint by numbers. You know, so this, all these, this random group of about 10 or 12 people, I think. Like, get warped to this alien planet. So they're not on Earth. But it has like it's breathable they can live and they all are kind of like they're figuring out who each other are none of them really know each other maybe they've heard rumors and they're all these like warriors and soldiers and officers and military people and they slowly start to piece together the fact that they're all like highly trained killers and of some sort except for this one really weird nerdy dude who doesn't have any weapons and is just kind of there and whiny and what's this guy doing here and they they also come to find out that this planet has predators on it the predator aliens on it and and so it just is this game of kind of cat and mouse between them and the predators and just when you think that um, you've got it figured out and, and maybe a couple of them have survived again spoiler alerts One of them, and they've beaten the Predators, one of them turns on another human. And it's this spindly, nerdy, do-nothing named Edwin, played by Topher Grace. And you find out he was the most evil, diabolical, scary one of them all. So again, Hmm. it kind of has this, you never know what you're going to get. And he, and it kind of turns out in the movie's ultimate message is maybe humans can be the most evil predators of all. And the way Topher Grace makes the turn well, at the Topher end Grace. was really underrated. Yeah. He is he is an underrated actor, I think, actually. And so for me, he is super scary because, again, he is not – you wouldn't see him. You know, you've got guys in this movie like um, – oh, why can't I think of his name? The guy that plays Machete. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you've got guys like that. Yeah. And I can't think of his name for whatever reason. I'm so sorry uh and so you see all these scarier looking predators but it was really edwin this guy that you wouldn't have given two thoughts to. that's right really scary
0: well and, and you can think of me in the same way i could be really scary. you look
1: a lot like topher grace how I, do. I imagine topher grace like like 30 years yeah or- from now. So there you go. Um, all right. So now we've got to. Um, I'm totally going to kill this list because your people weren't scary at all. <laughs> all right, number five, we have Transformers versus the Star Trek Two ear crawling.
0: <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> all right. So we've got to we've got to say what are we judging the scariness <laughs> of? I think it's nightmares. Nightmares. How all many people nightmares. have nightmares over
1: Transformers? <laughs> hey, my wife has nightmares over Transformers.
0: So, <laughs> if your I, wife has nightmares over her brother. I think the year of critters definitely win.
1: I don't know. I wasn't that scared by Star Trek 2 Wrath of Khan. Well, that's because you don't know any. And we have bugs like that on our planet that crawl into people's ears,
0: and they're terrifying! They're terrifying. They're we don't marginally have, upsetting. We don't have toasters that come alive and try to do nice things for you. Isn't that – the toaster tries to kill people. <laughs> oh, no, don't you remember I, that scene? No, I've, I've blocked all the Transformers <laughs> movies out of my mind.
1: Oh, <laughs> I do um, No, no. I think on this one, just because I really – I'm not sold on the air crawler being that Oh, my
0: goodness. it's a bug. It's You're a bug. Where's no. our ruler of judgment? No, bugs are super stupid. Where's scary. the ruler More of judgment? More people – more people are scared of bugs than, than toasters. Flip the calculator. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the random
1: object of judgment. Okay, do you want I'll to- I'll call, call it in the air. Buttons or not. Buttons or back. Buttons. Ah! ah! Paul wins, back up, find the right. Star Trek 2 well it was, crawler. That was clearly fake because <laughs> yours was lame. It was not. Yours is lame. <laughs> Alright, number four. Actually, here I can agree with you, because we have the thing. Versus Jabba the Hutt, and although I understand that uh, Jabba the Hutt is terrifying to me, I have seen pictures of like how the thing can yeah. manifest, and that is super. Well, and
0: the me. thing is a classic movie too. Yeah. I mean, not that, not that, not that Star Wars isn't, but it's not a scary movie. I mean, no, and
1: though we're not judging on scary movies, we're judging scary aliens exactly. Um, okay, all right. At number three, we have Predators versus the Pod People.
0: See, this is sort of an interesting. Debate. Yeah. So my wife would definitely side with you, right? But my wife is often wrong. <laughs> so you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. So in in. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, all-time classic, scary alien movies. It's sort of like the, of the an all-time classic. It is not an all-time classic. It is an all-time classic. It has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. It does and have that's Arnold cool. and Carl Weathers. And it has a future governor of Minnesota in it. Yeah. But I don't think that makes it really
1: scary. I'm not saying the movie's scary, but the alien itself is scary. Uh, you
0: haven't seen the... I, I haven't have, seen
1: Pod People. Yeah, You're I right. have seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers in Predator. Fine. You can get the Pod People right. for that. Um, we actually totally agree at number two. All right, Xenomorphs taking that spot for both of us. Um, and then we have the Bio Raptors. The Bio Raptors
0: versus Edward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a movie that you have seen both of yes, the the Pitch Black. I have. I have not seen Predators yeah. because no one in their right mind would probably <laughs> pay money to see that. But so I'll let I'll let you choose. I'll let you choose. Uh,
1: well, then I have to go with Edwin because, again, that left me truly terrified seeing human nature at its most evil on an alien – where it was an alien on this planet. And it made me recognize, yeah,
0: we are all aliens. Oh, see, now, and this strikes me as cheating. It's not As cheating. you often do. Not cheating. Because it's an alien on this planet, not, in, not zipping off an to alien. another world. This is totally destroying the The Bible would purpose. agree with me, this too. Whole... Strangers <laughs> and aliens, Paul. This this
1: whole the guys from is... the Strangers and Aliens podcast would agree with me too. This whole list has been invalidated. Flip, let's this. flip the calculator again. All right, all right. You, this time I'll flip it. All right, you and flip you it. call it. All right, buttons. Oh my goodness, it's rigged. Paul it's Ace rigged. Sweeps the <laughs> list. Uh, that is true. This is worse. This this show is officially the worst. <laughs>
0: Alright, <laughs> well we'll we'll dive in. We'll make it better. Uh, We're diving into Alien. That's it Covenant for Rank like
1: Geeks, so. the definitive top five scariest aliens at number five, the ear crawler from Star Trek Two, not true. Number four, the thing. Number three, the pod people, number two, Xenomorphs, and number one. In a controversial finish, <laughs> Bio Raptors from Pitch Black. And now on to Alien Covenant.
0: Uh, this is where I complain about it being too long, right? This is where Paul complains. <laughs> we spent half an hour talking about our top five. All right. Not even true. 20 minutes. Okay, only 20,
1: 20 minutes. Yeah. All right. This is a part of the show where Paul complains about how much he hates being on this show because it's way too long and boring. <laughs> so long,
0: man. Okay,
1: here we go. For our main discussion this week, we have Alien Covenant. Paul? That's right. Alien Covenant.
0: We what have both seen deal? this movie. We have
1: seen this movie. A lot of people have probably seen this movie by now since yeah.
0: uh, it's been out for two weeks. Yeah. So here's what we're looking at. Yeah. Alien Covenant takes place about 10 years after Prometheus, mm-hmm. which is sort of, I guess, Ridley Scott's First chronological Correct. movie within his Alien series.
1: You got it. Prometheus
0: right? chronologically
1: is the first film.
0: So Prometheus, we sort of are introduced to what will become aliens. The the Covenant story sort of follows that along, and we start to see these creatures starting to become the aliens that we're quite familiar with. Yep. So, so that's
1: the spoiler-free version. Check the timestamp. If you don't want spoilers, continue on if you're ready to... Dial into eleven
0: on these spoilers. So, <laughs> so what we have is the name. Of the covenant is it actually refers to technically this this ship full of mm-hmm. colonists that's going to another planet, lots and lots of years away. They're zipping around. They've got seven years left. All of a sudden, something happens, and the ship gets rocked by explosions there's a crazy thing that happens in space totally random
1: yes knocks knocks some of their functions out
0: of line the captain and the captain dies captain gets incinerated inside a
1: sleep pod because he is what i thought you were supposed to be super safe in sleep pods you would think ridley survived for 57 years in a sleep pod this dude gets burned up in
0: three seconds it was terrible terrible terrible
1: And a weird cameo for James Franco. It
0: was a strange cameo for James Franco. (laughs) But anyway, so the, everybody's awake now, the crew's awake, two thousand people plus a thousand embryos are still sleeping away. They wake up and they see that there's this, habitable planet apparently just like a few clicks there's away a
1: weird signal coming in
0: weird signal coming in that has john denver's country roads on it which i really appreciate that should have
1: been their first warning yeah nobody broadcasting country music should ever be trusted
0: it's not country music it's country roads there's a difference oh my gosh anyway anyway they go to this planet to investigate and it all seems very lush and beautiful as you would expect it would be super gorge but what we what we come to realize is that there's these spores. If you knock over these like mushroom type of things, these spores, and they float into your like spores are the worst. No, yeah, nose and ears, like invisible particles. It's another ear yeah, thing. It gets in the ear, man. Totally gets in the ear, and so then it starts transforming into the into that the. That was a shout out to Bill know. Paxton.
1: <laughs> May he rest in pieces.
0: <laughs> Game over, man. Game, Game over. over. Um, yeah. Anyway, so they they sort of. Grow in these people's bodies, and then there's a whole bunch of body bursting. Yeah, you know? like and, lots and of different creepy places. ways. Yeah. yeah,
1: these aliens know how to go out the front door, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then they uh, they meet up with David, who's this android who was in Prometheus, and and they think that David's going to help them. Yeah, because he says he's going to help him. That's right. <laughs> says you'll be perfectly safe here. You'll be fire. You'll be fine. He yeah. says.
1: So there you go. And are they going to be fine, or is there something more diabolical? Oh, so, oh, before... and another thing to set up this. Okay, to set it up. We
0: gotta we gotta go through a couple of other characters before you can take it away. Okay. So on this ship, Covenant, the captain dies. <laughs> he is the the ship is taken over by this captain called Oram. Captain Orum. Oram. Oram and he the, his main characteristic is that he's apparently christian and that makes him well, very Well they don't insecure. make that clear. They do. They they actually say i think it's because of my faith that i was passed over for this
1: this Okay. Faith team. can be a lot of things, Paul. Yeah, so anyway, literally the only, very, ne- only thing No, but he quotes the bible he quotes does the Bible. he quote
0: the Bible? He, he says, "O ye
1: of little faith." That's kind of like a cultural. No, we says we that. know
0: he's Christian. We know he's Christian <laughs> because Ridley Scott does not like Christians. Yeah, so we know that he's Christian. He's a little bit. um He just he's, he's standoffish. He's a little yeah. He he gets so a little, a little rough bit weird the about the whole thing, and and sort of his faith plays into all of his insecurities. So you also have Daniels, who's sort of the main second in command here yeah. yeah and she's sort of the person the was, wife of the captain wife of the dead up, captain the dead captain and then you also have walter huh. who is david's sort of brother like he's an android quarter brother yeah but he's once he's, removed that's exactly he right. he looks exactly the same but he's a newer model he he still looks like michael fassbender but he's he has more of an american you know he does. midwestern accent he doesn't comb his hair quite as precisely. So we know that he's a better person than, than <laughs> David because David has the David's English accent. way too right? way
1: co- well coiffed.
0: All right. So so that's all the background I'm going to get. Um, no, so there, so overall, Paul, what did you think
1: about this movie?
0: I thought it worked. You know, one of the things that I think they are doing now with, with some of these um, sequels, prequels, whatever, I think they're having a better understanding of what worked in the original And so they replicated. And I think that what you have in Alien Covenant was sort of a replication of some of what was effective in the first and second Alien. Alien 1 and Aliens. Uh So um, it was, it got back to sort of the the creepiness. It got back to sort of the, the terror. It was a little bit more of a haunted house type of story. And because of that, I think it worked. Now, it didn't work as well as the originals, Alien and aliens are both kind of classics. This was not a classic because we had visited this area before. It's a little like Guardians of the Galaxy for me, actually, huh. because it, the, everything was fairly familiar. So I think in terms of a movie, I think it worked. Weird. I've been looking you're, at Paul with like a, yeah, uh, you're looking uh, at me as if I, face. So this whole time. No, I, I, I guess what's
1: fascinating to me is to hear your reasons for why you thought it worked because I actually totally disagree with those reasons um, I actually don't think it's like the first movie really at all like it, it might in very small lip servicey ways and that oh there's this ship and they're on a mission to go one place they get a weird transmission so they go investigate and that's what causes all the problems so sure that story beat is from the first alien but having watched the first alien this movie is way different yeah because in the first alien movie All the kills happen off-screen except for one. Yeah. I just watched this. No, no. The only guy you see die on screen is John Hurt in the chest-bursting scene. Everything else happens off-screen. Like it, like you see the buildup on screen, right? But then the actual kill and the body afterwards, nowhere to be found. Yeah, no, I and agree. that's part of this impending terror of that first movie and the claustrophobia. The of claustrophobia. That I agree I really, with you on that. I really didn't get the sense of claustrophobia in this one, no. and they, Ridley Scott, let all the kills hang out for all to see. Yeah. You see people get this killed is in all different. Caveat yeah, for, I mean, Jake. you see bodies ripped. With alien tripping out their mouths, their abdomens, yeah. their backs, it's a much their, bloodier movie. Like through their face, and uh, and then you see their bodies just left there. Yeah, no, which it, was something that was actually a key part of the first two movies, Alien and Aliens, is that they didn't just leave the bodies there. They didn't just rip apart their victims. Mm-hmm. And and I get that what we're dealing with here, and so what we're dealing with here is David like creating them, and like spoiler. We we are we are going deep into spoilers here. So what we discover is that David, the android, is trying to create. He's felt pent up. He has a
0: he has a he wants to be God. Right. He is disappointed he's got God in his complex. own creator, yep. his own human creator, and so he wants he wants to become like God. Yep. And he wants to
1: create his own perfection, and so he's been the one kind of. Like developing this virus and morphing these aliens and breeding them with different things and in different ways to create this perfect species in right. his mind. Right. And so, you know, maybe they just weren't to this advanced the thought is maybe they weren't to this advanced stage yet. Right, because the except, aliens
0: move very differently actually in the two right.
1: movies. But by the end, we do get to the alien that we're used to, or very, very close. We're getting close on to the him. ship because him. because he brings he lures when they're in right. the safe place. David lures Captain Orem to the – he's kind of showing him all the experiments and it's – and then he lures him to the place where you see right. the actual alien pods that facehuggers come out of. And, right. and that latches on to Oram, spawns a new one and that it's ends – It's terrible. It's awful. and it, But one ends up getting up in the space and taking out two people in a shower. Right. Right? Right. It w- – like the way that they, this whole universe has set these aliens up is that they – they don't just kill they maim and then cocoon them so that they yeah. can reproduce now
0: let me just let me just back up here because technically we're going to get really geeky here. These yeah. are these are protomorphs. These are not xenomorphs. Right. So they have not But been... by the
1: end it's pretty close to a xenomorph. It, it is
0: it is not yet a xenomorph because I think there there's more stuff that has to develop. Sure. And I think that the the protomorphs although they look very very similar and to people who don't get into the really geeky areas of of alien you know, they're they're pretty much interchangeable. There's still I think the the filmmakers are still saying they've still got two movies to go before we actually hit the original Right. Alien. So and, there's so going to be some yeah. some um evolution sure of the product.
1: I and think. so I wasn't necessarily yeah, so I get that and I get why, but I think that still does yeah. say that this movie is not like the first movie. It's no, way and I, it and that and I think so That's bringing me all the way back around. I know I got off on a rapid trailer (laughs) into geekdom, but bringing that all the way back around, I actually feel like that's partly why this movie struggles Mm -hmm. is because Ridley Scott was trying to deal with some pretty weighty issues with David and Walter and and his dissatisfaction and his God and David's dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. with – himself and his creator and wanting to create and make his own species and dealing with what it means to be able to create and stuff like that. Um, but then trying to share screen time with a much more violent and violently visceral. uh sh- like scary movie with these aliens Here's, and so both to me end up becoming kind of muddled and not very scary. No, I
0: I hear what you're saying and I think I think it was much bloodier than it needed to be and it was much bloodier than the first one. I totally agree with that. Um in terms of the feeling that the that the movie sort of inspired, I think it still had sort of that same creeping terror, that same is, secret. For me, though, to be honest, yeah, yeah, and I think I think it can really differ from person to person. This this movie, from what I understand, has gotten largely positive reviews, but I've seen some negative reviews as well. I, I think that for me, it worked as a scary movie, hmm. not as well as the first one, um, which again is is one of the. I think I can say that it's honestly probably the scariest alien movie that I've seen in terms of anything with aliens. Anything with aliens. Interesting. Yeah. With the possible exception of The Thing. The Thing was really scary. Yeah. Um, But I think that it worked on a certain level that the first two did and the later alien movies didn't work at all and yeah, later, see those I have movies. not seen. Still. Yeah, the later Alien movies. I think maybe that's one of the comparison points, is because I've seen a couple of the, the later Alien movies, and they were terrible. So you know how bad it could have been. Exactly, exactly. This one sort of brought it back to the spirit of it, and I think that that you had that sense of creeping terror of not exactly knowing um, where these things are going to leap from. Right. But you're absolutely right. It's it's a really gore. It's it's a very gory movie. Yeah. And I, I think that, and I don't want to go too much more into that because I think the really interesting thing about this movie is is what you just touched on the spiritual elements of, yeah. of it. Because I think you're right, um, Ridley Scott has, he's wrestling with things. It feels like oh, for movies. sure. So, and and I think
1: so. As my segue is, what it all made me feel like was not so much mad that it wasn't better this way or better that way, or it was a terrible movie. It was still a it was still a decent. Like thriller, horror, mm. alien movie. So it's certainly not a bad film. Ridley, Sc- Ridley Scott's still a competent director. But what I, what I've been struck with and been thinking about a lot since then is I think he's too ambitious for the medium. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Because I think I really wanted to to wrestle with these thoughts. Yeah. To see to see Ridley wrestle with these thoughts, yeah. the spiritual elements and and faith and meaning and purpose. Yeah. and All that and and not have to sacrifice the action and the thrill and the tenseness yeah. that you can pull from these protomorphs and from this situation yeah. and all that. And so, but I don't, I don't know that he can be constrained to a movie anymore. And my thought is he needs to move to like a three-part miniseries, kind of like Sherlock has done. Well, you know, and that might be a better place for him to explore this stuff. The
0: interesting thing is, is that I think Ridley Scott when you look at sort of the movies that he makes, he, um, he, and I wrote this in a blog where, where he really loves his outsiders. He really likes battling against authority. Um, all, and a lot of his movies have, have a, have a vaguely or sometimes explicitly sort of anti-religious bent. Um, he is not a big fan of organized religion and yet many of his films, um, wrestle with big spiritual questions and and i think it was really interesting at the very beginning of this movie you have david the bad android talking to his creator and he asks so if you created me who created you and the creator guy peter wayland i think mm-hmm. is his name yeah he um he says that's that's the biggest question there is in the universe. It's the only one worth asking. And I think I think in some ways that's what Scott is asking himself. Um someone who who I communicate with some on Twitter, Eric Marcy had a really interesting point about this movie. Um he he said that it's interesting in this movie it seems like the world that Ridley Scott wants to gravitate to this this uh this world where Rebels are, are win essentially over the, these authorities. That world doesn't look very pretty, and that's that's one of the really interesting things about this particular movie. Is that in some ways, David, the rebel, is a typical Ridley Scott hero, mm-hmm. but he's clearly the bad guy. He rebels against his nature, where Walter falls in with his nature, he, he um, sublimates himself to his nature. And because of that, he becomes the most heroic character, I think, in here. And so you have sort of this strange flip of what Ridley Scott typically does. It's almost like he's sort of trying to analyze his own worldview and he sees some flaws in it. And those are sort of um, extrapolated here. In, in covenant,
1: yeah, and I, and I actually don't disagree with you there because I also saw it in the character of Orem I think you had a different take on Orem in a piece. Oram's an interesting yeah,
0: um, yeah.
1: kind of seeing his faith as being part of the reason that he's a jerk, mm-hmm. and and you know wondering if that's maybe Ridley Scott projecting some of his feelings about Christians. But what was interesting when I was watching the movie, and it would be I would be very curious to hear Ridley Scott talk about what he wanted this character because again, th- I thought that the characters all. Ex- Except for David and Walter, who got a majority of development in this movie. Right. Oddly enough, got, the androids had yeah. the biggest <laughs> character development. They've
0: seen the most human event. Ridley,
1: Ridley Scott loves doing that. I mean, Blade Runner and yeah. the original Alien movie yep. and Prometheus and this one. like that That's Ridley Scott's bread and butter, I think. He, right. He's even passed it on to his son. If you watch Morgan... Mm. did you see morgan i did not know luke scott did morgan and that's all about androids and humanity and like this is something they like to wrestle with yeah um so i actually agree that while i disagree with like you your take on oram's religion making him grumpy and gruff and kind Mm -hmm. of a jerk i i I did think that it looked the movie felt like ridley was wrestling with his own worldview through david like you said this character that's you know, would maybe be the hero, but is actually the villain. Right. And also through Orem, who my sense was that the parts of him that were rough, the parts of him that came across as a jerk were actually him trying to suppress his faith and make it fit within a mold and try to be this this cold, calculating character. Yeah, because he wouldn't let, you know, for example... Um, there's a scene where the crew wants to commemorate the passing of their captain. Right. And we've already heard Orm kind of bemoan the fact that the company didn't feel like they could trust him as a captain because they thought his faith would get in the way of good sound judgment. And so when he says, Hey, I don't want you to, we're not going to commemorate the passing of this comrade. It's because no, there's too much work to do. Like it's very practical. And it, to me, it felt like, something that he was trying to be who the company wanted him to be and suppressing what maybe his faith would ask him to be.
0: See, in some ways that's
1: kind of how I felt his, because then, because yeah, so that, that caused him to be a jerk because he wasn't living his faith out. And so it was almost like Ridley Scott saying, I wonder sometimes if Christians were able to live their faith more closer to the faith of the Bible they might actually be better people versus if they were trying to shoehorn their faith into everybody else's expectations and they just become jerks.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting take. And my take wasn't, my take on Orm is a, is a really complicated one because he is, in my view, Scott didn't quite know what to do with the character. And I think that, that what you say could be true. It might not be true. It's, And it was really confusing because it seemed like the character at times tried to be sympathetic and then sometimes was not. And then to me, you know what it felt like? Mm. It felt like Ridley Scott, as much as he critiques Christianity, really doesn't know a lot of Christians. Yeah. And doesn't understand Christianity. Like personally. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It feels to me like he comes at... He's got at, kind of like a sociological view of exactly. it. Exactly. I, I think that he approaches it very much as an outsider who feels like he understands some aspects of it. and Maybe he does. But the the disjointedness of the character... Um, it just didn't work for me. I felt yeah. like there was much more that could be done. And, no, and, and that's, I think that and that's you're right. Fair.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that you're right because he the arm character sort of zigzags even when you're talking about that that scene where they do say goodbye to the captain, mm-hmm. we see him actually looking at the camera. And he looks kind of compassionate. He looks compassionate. He thinks this is kind of sweet. Yeah. But then he turns around and says, They went against my wishes Right. and they can't they can't do that.
1: Right. Like I've got to be a captain based on these pragmatic things, not faith and good nature and compassion. And that was how I took it. But I no, but I think I totally could be wrong. Yeah. And and I, again, I think that's the weakness of this movie is that there's some really interesting characters that they could have done a lot more yeah. with. Had he had more time. Yeah. And, and Oram is, is probably the prime example of yeah. that is yeah. I want to know whether it's, your like your your take on him or my take on right. him and i just i do feel like he ends up becoming a confused mess and it's hard to tell whether that's ridley not knowing what to do with him right. or ridley just not having enough time to show us yeah because i think that was another interesting thing from watching alien in retrospect is i got to watch the deleted scene Mm-hmm. Um, like the very controversial deleted scene from the first alien movie. Have Never you ever it. seen it? No. So like, um, there's this controversy cause there's this deleted scene from the very first alien movie that shows Ridley discover what the alien, what the xenomorph was doing with all the bodies. Mm-hmm. And so she comes across this room where she finds her, um, her captain cocooned and barely alive and moaning. And and these and getting ready to be bred essentially, or you know impregnated right. by a face hugger, and she ends up having to tor- you know and she in compassion and terror she torches the place so that he doesn't have to suffer anymore. So in in reality, you never find that out in the first Alien movie right. until Aliens when right. they land on the colony. And that happens. I think that was a good um, cut, by the way. I think it was, actually. In the set in for the series it was a good cut. Um
0: Yeah, and one of the problems I think with Alien Covenant overall was the fact that in, in the original Alien, it felt like we knew these characters better. Yeah. And the only But you
1: didn't. That was the weird thing. Mm. That's the weird thing watching it is you you do and don't. Yeah. And that's because it doesn't try the interesting thing is with Alien, because you don't try to get to know the characters, he never tries to explore anybody's backstory or motivation really. Right. You don't know any of these people's stories. They never really explore their motivations. It's all you actually know almost nothing about these characters. Right. And you find out that they don't know anything about themselves either. You know, with the reveal of Ash being an mm-hmm. android they didn't mm-hmm. even know he was a, t- right. a synthetic right in the first movie and that's how you feel about all these characters but because they're not trying to draw you into that story and it's all about their immediate survival in this one very sure. small scenario it feels more intimate yeah and so it's a very odd thing in that truly
0: you know nothing yeah you don't even know that ripley has a kid i think until that the second movie i think that's really valid but but one of the interesting things about alien just thinking back to what i remember about it is that the The personality ticks mm-hmm. were strong enough where you, even though you didn't know anything technically about them, you sort of knew what kind of person they were in a way. I mean, you had sort of these little. You had the the. Well, it, you just had a lot of different characters. I mean, you had sort of the the languid um, guy, the technician, the engineer. You had sort of the mousy person who Ripley and she snip a lot at each other. And so you had some of these these interesting character ticks that I thought were missing from this one. I think yeah. that, that in this one you had a little bit of character in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They tried, and I think maybe that's what makes orem so frustrating, is, is it's really a character that they did try to make us understand a little bit right. more. But for the most part, and orem turns into this too, it's, it's just alien fodder. Yeah, you know, where they're they're all just there to be killed. Exactly. essentially.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's that classic thing that movies have to be or any storytelling has to be very careful of is when you start to try to explain motivation, when you start to try to explain right. backstory, if you can't do it all the way. Then I think viewers and readers wherever you're telling the story are left a little bit more annoyed, I am at least, when I'm watching a story and it's like you tell you you act like you want me to know more about them and their motivation. Right. But then you kinda leave that. Then I'm like
0: I totally buy that. You
1: were telling me, tell me more. Like now I don't now I'm just annoyed because now there's holes that I have. Right. Whereas if you don't give them anything and then you just let them watch and discover who they think these characters are that mystery all of a sudden doesn't annoy me it intrigues me and why are they motivated this way because i was that way an alien yeah when when you when you are watching there's this scene where you see ripley's face and something terrible is happening yeah and then you look over at ash's face and he looks strangely calm and bemused yeah and you're like what is this dude's deal and that's your first
0: indication yeah. that something's off yeah. with this guy, but I don't know what. Yeah, no, and I, I think it is really interesting. I think you're absolutely right. I think in Alien, what you saw was was very, very little of exposition on who these characters were, but an incredible amount of depth in terms of what the actors brought to the characters. Right. In Orem, we have this attempt, and because it's not realized he just becomes confused. Right. We just don't. We just don't have enough time to get to know him.
1: The moral of the story is Ridley Scott. Please make us a mini series of something. Like it made me think. I know Ridley Scott's not doing uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine or whatever. I know it's Denis Villeneuve or whatever you say his name. But I would really like to see a Blade Runner mini by Ridley Scott. I think that could be fascinating. There's so much here that he wants to explore that he wants to wrestle with and he's a great director technically and he's a good storyteller because this is still a good movie in spite of the missteps um an entertaining movie in spite of the missteps so that's that's for me that's what i came away with is i really want a ridley scott miniseries
0: yeah i would disagree but that can be the last word uh
1: now on to the most least important thing Welcome to The Most Least Important Thing. This is the way we love to wrap up this show every time, where we talk about the minutia of pop culture that might be or might
0: not be super important. Paul, you know take what? it away. Uh, Jake, I, I think I want you to go first this time, because oh, I, I, I might actually start crying for this one. So.
1: Ooh, intrigued. All right, so for me, guys, Wonder Woman is just about upon us by the time you're listening. You will be pretty close to getting to see for yourself whether or not DC has finally arrived on the comic movie screen. Oh,
0: I hope, I hope, I hope. You know,
1: know, some of these previews are you're hearing some positive things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and she was the best thing in in Batman versus Superman, right? So I think that I am cautiously optimistic, but we'll see.
1: So my most least important thing is people are kind of freaking out at this moment about a female only screening. At the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas, they're going to do a one night only female only screening of this movie and dudes don't like it. And what is our problem with this? Why do we care if there's a females only screening? Let them have some fun. So now, but
0: here's the question. Here's the question. When, if there was a male only screening of something, wouldn't that cause consternation? Well, to be fair,
1: both are causing. I think both are obviously. Yeah. We see here that both would cause consternation. See, I'm, I'm, but would there be that? I mean, there sure there certainly would be, but it would would it be as widespread if it was dudes only? Because that's why do we care if people do things like? See, and that's, I'm good and with that's, my
0: wife doing a girls' night. No, I'm totally good with that, and I I think that there should be, you know, I think that there should be opportunities for people of the same sex to sort of gather and do what they want to do so i i think i think, I think we just Internet's live silly. in a crazy world where yeah. people get really upset over a lot of different things and i think that i think that if alamo Drafthouse wants to do their women-only screening i think that's fine
1: go for it
0: but if the theater wants to do a male-only screening of deadpool or something go for
1: it i think that's okay sure too. so um now certainly we we could get into the fact that if you're doing these things exclusively, right. then you start to get into the realm of discrimination. Right. Where it's like, hey, at the Alamo Draft House, we only serve women all the time, always. Okay, maybe you're starting to get into some problematic weeds because where does that line get drawn? But yeah. if you're doing a girl's night or a guy's night, Go for it.
0: Well, and here's the other thing. I think that I think that a Wonder Woman movie is long overdue. Because, for sure. Because, and, and it really sort of mystifies me where it took Hollywood so long. We've had how many Batman movies? And I love Batman. Yeah. But Wonder Woman is a pretty cool deal, too. And, and the fact that, that Hollywood hadn't really thought to do it before now... Huh it's kind of a shame. I mean, it It does speak to a little
1: bit of sexism. It is. So I'll just leave it with a a comment from their on the Facebook thread where they announced this. Somebody said, have you ever hosted a men's only showing of any film? And they said, the Alamo draft house responded. "Uh, We've never done showings where you had to be a man to get in, but we did show the entourage movie a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Plus one for the Alamo draft house.
0: (laughs) Uh Paul." So Uh, I'm ready for tears. All right. I'll I'll see. I'll see what happens here. Um, As you know, Manchester had a terrible, terrible tragedy happen to them, to the city of Manchester in England during an Ariana Grande concert. It was uh, toward the end of the concert. There was a there was a suicide bombing. Many, many um, young women and girls were killed Um, after in the aftermath. There was a little saying by Mr. Rogers that made the rounds. Um, it was it was a beautiful thing about when your when you see things on the news that bother you look for the helpers there's always people trying to help yeah. and the the message inspired a guy from entertainment weekly to do a huge twitter string on how he had met mr rogers one time he had grown up you know this this author his name is anthony Friendsnetcon, I believe. All right, Anthony, tell us how to pronounce your name. <laughs> and he wrote a huge Twitter feed on on how he grew up with Mister Rogers. Like most of us, he he left the neighborhood. Um, Because you grow up. But there was a time when he was really suffering. He saw Mr. Rogers again on TV. And it felt like he said it felt like a cool hand on a hot forehead. A few days later, he actually met Mr. Rogers in person on an elevator. And had a (laughs) chance to talk with him. And during the course of this conversation, he was just talking about him and saying, he mentioned that, that he had just seen the show recently and it really touched him. And Mr. Rogers He actually takes off his scarf. He sits down and he asks, So, so what's troubling you? What, what's bothering you? And so the guy sits down and he starts talking about how his grandfather just died a few months ago and it's still really bothering him. And Mr. Rogers spent, you know, several, you know, a long time with him, just, just talking with him about this and and started to talk about his own grandfather and how he died 21 years ago. And he still misses him, he said. But then he added that that he gave gave Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers is saying, "My grandfather gave me sort of this this work ethic and all that kind of stuff." Um, and because of that, I'm always able to to remember him. And it, it was sort of his way of saying, you know, the hurt for your losses never goes away, but you still always have a piece of these people. And the thing that, that I thought was so cool about it is that he says, and I think this is true, who else but Mr. Rogers would actually sit down with a total stranger, unpack something so deeply personal, and and help them with it? Yeah. And so he writes this in, in his article. He says, and I think this is really true. Mr. Rogers saw people. He saw through and around the things that confuse or distract others. He saw these people. He saw me, a struggling young man who needed some kind words. And somehow, in a way that defies belief, he made you believe he saw you too, even if you never met his television neighbor. I love that. Mr. Rogers, it's one of those... The thing that I love about Mr. Rogers, I've, I've thought about actually writing about this. Pop culture heroes, I think that Mr. Rogers would be on my list because he's one of the few people who truly walks the walk. And he is who... We see on t v and that is so rare in the world of pop culture today. I love that.
1: I think that's a good place to wrap. I have nothing further to say <laughs> except feel free if you have stuff that you want to talk about um talk to people around you, whether it's friends or family, or if you truly feel like you don't have people to talk to, you can find us on Twitter at at AC Paul or at Jake underscore Roberson. And, um, I know both of us love to listen as much as we enjoy talking on this podcast. (laughs) You wouldn't know it by the way we talk. We, we really do like to listen and we do both truly believe that, um, you know, people are incredibly important. That's why God created them. And, um, I won't wax too much more eloquently about that because the Bible already does. So, um, (laughs) and join us at Pop Culture with Fan People and Know It All on Facebook where we can nerd out and we can talk about serious stuff because there's serious stuff to be talked about in our pop culture as well. So, with that and no further ado, I'm Jake Roberson.
0: I'm Paul Acey. Guard your ears tonight. We will catch you on the flip
1: side.